Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, April the 30th, last day of April, as we uh, finish another month. Uh, the next time we talk, it'll be the 1st of May. But I tell you, it's, April has been a good month for the baseball fans here in North Texas. Our Texas Rangers are in first place. They're 17 and 11. Now, look, it's a long season. Every baseball fan knows that, 28 games. You play 162 of these games, so they got a long way to go. They technically have 134 games left. But when you can be playing like this after 28 games, especially uh, for the fans here, the Rangers fans, who haven't had much to cheer about, frankly, uh, for five or six years, I mean, this is an exciting team to watch. They're getting great pitching. They're getting great hitting. They've got some good young players some veteran pitching. I mean, I feel good. I feel good about the Rangers. Not predicting they're going to win the American League West. There's some very tough teams like the Houston Astros they're going to have to eventually overcome. But you got to be excited. You got to be excited when you're in first place at the end of May, at the end of April, and you're starting the first day first place. That's a good thing. So congratulations to the Rangers on a fantastic month of April. Well, we're going to talk today about a couple of things. I have a post over at the American Thinker. Today, Sunday morning, you can check it out over at the American Thinker. And it has to do with Mexico. Uh, it's the, the title of the post is, uh, The Bad Guys Are Shooting, Not Hugging. And, of course, what I'm talking about is the policy of President López Obrador, who, um, you know, a couple of years ago implemented this policy of hugging rather than bullets hugging rather than bullets. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he meant well. I'll, you know, I'm not going to be cynical and, and, and say anything. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he meant uh, to do well. But the bottom line is that it's not working. It's not working. In fact, it's failing in horrific numbers. There's a post in my post uh, at the American Thinker. I quote uh, a gentleman from Paul News, Mexico, a great website, out of Mexico, who's got all the numbers about the number of homicides and the number of murders in, in Mexico. And right now, the Lopez Obrador administration is on a pace to give us the bloodiest presidential term of any president. And what makes all these murders uh, so horrific is that most of it, the overwhelming majority of it, it's cartel related, meaning this cartel kills another cartel. So it's not, they're not necessarily targeting civilians. These are not, I mean, they're not going into Cancun, for example, and targeting civilians. They're basically targeting each other for territory. But unfortunately, a lot of civilians get caught up in the middle of it. And that's how you get these horrific uh, uh, murder totals coming out of, of Mexico. So, you know, I don't know what President Lopez Obrador is going to do. But I don't know what the opposition in Mexico is going to do either. And frankly, I don't know what the voters of Mexico are going to do, because Lopez Obrador was elected uh, with a pretty good victory. And from everything I hear, he's a popular president. That's what I hear. I don't know if that's true. But uh, at, at this moment, you know, at this moment, his policy of hugging rather than bullets 
is not working because the bad guys are not hugging, they're shooting. And the consequences of all this violence on Mexico are just absolutely horrific. Now, maybe there's nothing he can do about it. Uh, and, and what I say is that maybe the, 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 you know, the, the cart's so out of control that there's nothing that he can do about it because he really doesn't have the resources to stop it. These cartels are very well funded. They're very well armed. And they have penetrated so many parts of Mexican society that, that maybe there's nothing he can do about it. You know, that's, you know, a realistic uh, possibility. Maybe there's nothing he can do about it rather than just watch it and hope that people don't get uh, or people don't hold him accountable for all of these murders. But the bottom line is that right now, Mexico is undergoing a very violent period. Lots of people are being killed. Again, much of it is cartel related, one cartel killing another one. And what you have is a mess, just an absolute mess in, mess, uh, in Mexico. Now, I wrote a post uh, a couple of days before about Cancun, where I talked about the fact that there have been some shootings in Cancun as well. But there again, they're not targeting the tourist. So, you, you know, you're perfectly safe going to Cancun. So they're not really targeting the tourists. What's happened is some, unfortunately, a few tourists were in the wrong place at the wrong time when you had these cartel encounters and these cartel shootouts. But for the most resorts are safe. The problem is a lot of these small towns where the Mexican government has simply lost control of the situation and the violence just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So check out my post over at the American Thinker. Um, shooting uh, the, the 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 post is called the bad guys are shooting not hugging and that's exactly what's happening in mexico now that post was also reprinted in the babalu blog you know the cuban-american blog out of miami so you can catch it over as well you can see it in twitter and uh or american thinker of course and you can also go to my blog i always reprint uh, what i write over at american thinker so Check it out. Uh, the bad guys are shooting, not hugging. The title of my post about all the violence in Mexico. There is a great post over at uh, Powerline. Powerline is one of the greatest political blogs uh, in in the, in the web or in, in, in the internet, and it's run by three these three attorneys who write uh, out of Minneapolis, and they do some great work. They put out some great information, and their latest one is fascinating about what is happening in the country with the shifting of the population. I'm sure you've heard that people are moving from California, they're moving from New York, they're moving from Illinois, and they're moving into red areas. What you may not have heard is what the consequence of this is going to be and how this is going to play out in the next census, which uh, will take place in the year 2030. That's only seven years away. You know, we do the census every 30, every 10 years, and that is how we, may, you know, we divide uh, the makeup or calculate the makeup of the House of Representatives and so on. So if the current population uh, changes continue, by the year 2030, when we do the census, Texas would pick up four congressional seats, four congressional seats. Florida would pick up four congressional seats. So that would mean that these two red states would have eight more seats in Congress, eight more, you know, eight more districts in Congress represented by people from Texas or Florida. Here's the bad part for the Democrats. 
California would lose five federal representatives, five districts they would lose. Uh, New York would lose three. Illinois would lose two. So when you do the whole calculation, when you look at the bottom line numbers, there would be about 10 to 12 seats moving from you know, solid blue states to solid red states. Now, we cannot guarantee that a Republican is going to be elected in each one of those new seats, but the chances are pretty good that most of them uh, would elect a, a Republican. And we don't know what's going to happen in California when they have to redraw their districts and have less five less districts to deal with or New York having less three, three less seats to deal with. I mean, when you have to redraw these districts and eliminate Democrat seats or Democrat districts, then you make the Republicans more competitive in the other districts that uh, in the new districts. So this is terrible news for the blue states. And what's happening is what we've been hearing about for quite some time. Taxes, quality of life, uh, schools. I mean, if you are a family in Los Angeles and you send your kids to the public schools or Chicago or New York, uh, well, where are you going to send them? You can send them to public schools, but they're not exactly producing kids who are, they're not graduating kids who can read and write in many of these schools, unfortunately. Or you're forced to send them to a private school, or you can come to Texas or you can come to Florida or one of the Carolinas and uh, put your kids in, in schools here and, uh, and take advantage of the school choice options that you're going to have in these states. So, I mean, the movement is there. The movement is there. And the Democrats have put themselves in this mess because of their high tax, uh, the, the collapse of, of law and order in many of these cities, and people are just packing up and leaving. And they're leaving in such numbers that it's going to have an impact on the next census. Now, that's, uh, you know, some Democrats don't want to pay attention to that, but they better they better because this could make the Republican House uh, a lot more permanent than Democrats uh, may want to believe. A couple of things on this day in history to remember from April 30th. April 30th, 1789, President George Washington or George Washington became the first president of the United States. They had an election and he assumed the presidency on this day in 1789. Uh, the second time that he ran, then they moved uh, inauguration day to the 4th of March. But the first one took place on April 30th, 1789. And on this day, 1945, April 30th, 1945, the BBC broke the story that Hitler was dead. Now, you know, all the conspiracies and all the stories, uh, you know, I, I'm not an expert on the topic, but apparently he, you know, he... Uh, he killed himself or had somebody uh, burn their bodies or whatever, his body and Eva Brown's body. And, uh, you know, whether that happened or didn't happen, whether he escaped to Germany or to Argentina or whatever all these conspiracies are, it really doesn't matter. He was pronounced or he was announced dead on this day in 1945. And that pretty much uh, meant the end of, of World War II, at least the European part of the war in uh, a couple of weeks later. Uh, they celebrated uh, the end of the end of the war when Germany signed the unconditional surrender. So April 30th, big day in 20th century history, uh, the day that uh, Hitler was pronounced uh, dead. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. A couple of things wanted to tell you about next week. 
Uh, we'll be chatting with our friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda on Monday. And on Tuesday, we'll be chatting with our friend George Rodriguez to do our review of Texas politics. So keep an eye on those on those uh, shows uh, coming up. Have a great day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and congratulations to the Rangers, the first place Rangers. Bye-bye, everybody.